What's going on, everyone? This is Tanner. Welcome back to the Trade Thrive Podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you uh, an interview that I had with a good friend of mine, Ryan. He's starting his business. He had some questions about making the transition from employees, or excuse me, from subs to employees, and had some pretty co- pretty common questions. And I thought it'd be a good idea to share the interview with you because I know a lot of you out there uh, are struggling with making that transition, thinking about making that transition, uh, or just want to kind of know what that transition entails. So uh, dropped a bunch of um, you know uh, hints, tips, advice things that are going to make that transition easy for him. And again, wanted to share that with you because I know that it'll help you. So enjoy this episode. And the first question is cut off. And his question was, um, you know, how do you prevent employees from milking the clock? So uh, we're just going to jump right into that answer. The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right. They're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener. It's so much better. And that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time. And that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat. And that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets podcast. Thanks for asking. Yeah. So, um, all right. So that's a really good question. I get that question a lot. And it's just a matter of there's two factors when it comes to employees. Obviously, number one is going to be trust because that's what you're creating. You're building a team that is loyal to you. Um, But, you know, I I always try to use this as an example. It's like you have to identify who your ace is going to be, man. You have to. Like, you know, when you decide you want employees, you have to create a manager. You have to find somebody that you can first sell on the idea of becoming a manager. Um, and this could be somebody that really you're looking for character, man. You're looking for somebody when you're doing an interview, I'm looking for somebody that I can tell will listen to me and won't give me, you know, won't make me feel like I can't tell this person what to do. Um, you know, there's people like that. They just have the idea that they're right. Dude, you can find the best painter. And if he has an ego, you're, you're not going to get anywhere. So you have to have somebody that you feel that you can come across with direct you know, hey, this is what you need to do. This is how it gets done. I don't want any, you know, questions. So with that foundation and a manager, it's easy to set parameters on job times. And now that you have the experience, you have a good idea of how much time a job is going to take, right? Um, The only concern that you should have is that if you have, you know, here's the reality of it, right? So if you have 100%, and you have one guy that you hire as an employee. Well, he's responsible for that 100% of the workload, okay? That means that you're going to find that if you put one guy on a job, he's more likely to milk a clock because he's tired and overwhelmed than if you put two guys because now the workload's shared. So you have 50%, 50% if you have two employees, okay? So you put these two guys, okay? When you put somebody in charge, there's a level of accountability, okay? So if you hire a helper to assist this person, you know, you say, hey, man, you got to make sure that he's not milking the clock, right? So you're holding that person accountable in that regard, right? So then you have three guys. Let's put you three guys. Now you have 33, 33, 33. The effort is split three ways. People aren't as tired. There's now a motivation, a team motivation to get the project done. 
okay? Remember, not only do you have, not only does the manager feel the pressure from you as the business owner, they also will feel it through the homeowner. So there's this double pressure. The good news in our business is we actually have, I call them free managers. I have people that are watching my team for me, which is, you know, amazing. You have homeowners that will call them out and will say things, which is great. Yeah. So that free should be your goal initially. Okay. With you jumping in if necessary, if at two o'clock your guys are telling you what needs to be done, you hop your butt in the car and you help them finish. Absolutely. You, you know, you clean yeah. up, you, 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 you're, you're the pacekeeper, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, once you can feel confident with that team of four, I mean, that's when you start flowing in this business. The four is, is the key. Like, you know, you have 25% effort for each person. You have one guy who's in charge of three people. That gives him a sense of uh, pride. It gives him a sense of, you know, then you have this like team morale going on where everybody's working together and you are the mastermind behind it all identifying people that work well, but you can't do any of this until you define the role of a project manager and the transition to employee might require you to work alongside this person. So he sees the standard of which you interact with customers of which, what time you get to the job of which like all that might, you might like, well, I'm not, I'm not a painter, but, the investment you make by doing that for two months will sustain you for the rest of your career doing this. You just need to get that foundation going. You can't just hire someone as an employee, one guy and say, all right, man, go take care of that. No, dude, you're going to develop so much more loyalty by being side by side with that person. And don't be intimidated. If you suck at painting, which you probably do. And he's good. Yeah. You, you say, look, man, my role is to run this company. I'm hiring you because you're good at this but I also want to be a part of the, the, the beginning stages. You have got to sell somebody on your vision. Say, look, my goal is to have four guys by the end of this month that are underneath this manager. Okay. This is what I can pay. This is what I'm going to be doing. This is how we're going to work for the first week. It's going to be me and you by next week. I'll have somebody under you. Okay. In two weeks, I'll have another person under you. And really you've already been keeping a team of four busy. You're just now creating your own. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've had to do that already, you know, um, walk arounds where the contractor's already left and the homeowner's there on a day where, and I've had to go and do touch-ups myself because I'm not going to just, it's either I wait six hours or a day for them to come back or I just fucking do the touch-ups right there and do it. So yeah. I'm happy to do that. And that's actually, you kind of led me to one of my other questions. So my first hire with the idea of being the crew leader um, I want them to have tons of like applicator experience and all this kind of stuff. Um, and you already answered like three of my questions already. So I'm just trying to like cross them off the list. Um, so you hire them with, and you tell them probably within the interview process, Hey, I, I'm looking for my first person to be the guy that trains my next person. Essentially. Is that something that you're saying to them? Or is that something that you're kind of and psychoanalyzing them after the first week or two on the job to see if they're capable of doing it? I mean, I think, the, for the, again, going back to the core of your hiring is the foundation, and you have to know exactly what you're looking for. I, I liken this a lot to dating and right. finding a wife because this person's going to be working. You're going to communicate probably more with this person than your spouse or whoever you're in a relationship with in the first few weeks because this is your business, and you need to have somebody that you can effectively communicate with. There's a few, few things that you should be looking for. When you give an interview, you know, number one, you want to make sure you ask a question that 
that baits them to admitting that they can, they've made a mistake and how they fixed it. You get somebody that you ask if they've ever made a mistake. So a question I'll ask, um, and you, I think you have my hiring course, right? I have it. Yeah, no, I have it. I, it's been, it's probably been two months since I've looked over it, but I'm going to be looking over it again. So now, that, yeah, now that you're in it, you're going to hear some of the questions that I, that I, that I ask. And one of those is, um, you know, tell me about a time you've made a mistake. I don't even care what the mistake is. They could say they lit the house on fire. I just want to know that they can admit it. Mm -hmm. And then they respond to me in a way that shows me that they made some effort to fix it or make it right. Okay. Cause I can work with somebody like that. That just shows that there's humility there. Okay. Don't look for the best painter in Florida, dude. You're not looking for the best painter. You're looking for somebody that has standards that, that can paint, that has experience. I mean, don't get me wrong. You don't want somebody with no experience because you really don't have anything. So you want somebody that is average level experience because you can make up in in skill with with character and with the willingness to do right dude anyone can paint bro houses i mean you don't have to be a you don't have to have 20 years of experience to paint the outside of a house i think the first I one homeowners, <laughs> homeowners, homeowners are doing it themselves right you just have yeah. to be willing to make it right and yeah. communicate effectively you know so you're gonna like the idea is if you go in looking for this perfect ideal manager who not only is a phenomenal applicator and has all this skill and then can also communicate effectively and listen to orders number one why is he looking for a job and number two why isn't he running his own business so stop looking for a unicorn and create this role through just compromising in skill with you know what they lack in skill you know find somebody with character once you have that that's when you look for an A-level skill person underneath that person who is going to report to that project manager, okay? So don't get me wrong. Like, my supervisor of the company, slowest painter, not, like, not, not an ace in terms of painting, but, dude, when I ask him to do something, you can bet that this guy's going to get it done. Right. And he's going to yeah, see. He cares enough about your company to make it right. And before right. you have to look at it. Yeah. He, he's in a supervisor position. He gets to drive around in a car all day and do things because of his level of care toward my vision. He sees to it that my vision gets realized in the company. And when you have someone like that, the sky's the limit, dude. I can set up another crew with no problems and know that he's going to be there to make sure that that crew takes care of the responsibilities. You know I mean? Yeah. When you have, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to, I'm trying to put this like, trying to shoot this out there, like make it concrete because all of your questions will be answered once you find this, this person to get started with. Right. Right now you're the person, but that's not effective. If it is for now, but when business grows, I know it's going to combust. Right. You can't right. be paying. So you need to get somebody, you need to train someone to do what you do. You need to train them to, Hey, you have to talk to the homeowner. You have to communicate to the homeowner about what's going on. You have to introduce yourself. You have to show up on time. This is how I want this painted. You have to make sure this is prepped. This is what, you know, like that level of detail. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that. Um, Cause you know, I've, I, I've looked at all your website and social media and everything like that. I noticed a lot of you guys are pretty young, like probably closer to our age than they are, you know, like, and whereas yep. a lot of the contractors that I have are older, and I'm just noticing these older guys, man, they're super stuck in their way. So uh, do you intentionally seek younger guys? I'm not saying like you age discriminate or anything like that, but does it just happen to be that they're more willing to learn and they learn faster or like, or is that just by accident? I just hired, I did my two newest employees are above the age of 50, but I, I know I have this system down pound. I know exactly what I'm looking for. Dude. Right. I have 
pulls the find. I know that I I have my pro, I have my I have my alphas, right? I have two alphas that are running the cruise. These guys don't okay. care about not necessarily people's feelings, but they have no problem saying, "Hey, you got to do that. You got to do that." Right. That doesn't matter who you are. <laughs> want somebody who's driving the ship, dude. And then underneath people, you have to find. You're looking. I'm looking personality. I'm looking for people that. I'm asking strategic questions. I'm getting answers and strategic questions. It starts with the form that I have them fill out about one. How, how do you see yourself fitting in our team? You know, and I'm looking for people that write, Hey, I'm a team player. I love working with a team. Right. And then you have people that say, you know, uh, you know, I, I prefer to work alone. So obviously I'm not even going to call that person. Right? right. So it's like, it's like a funnel. You're, you're in your marketer, you know, you know, this stuff. It's like you're funneling, traffic from some source to give you exactly what you want in an applicant then from there it's a filtering out process phone call you know in-person interview working interview uh if you want to do a background check background check i mean eventually you're just going to pump out these perfect applicants dude you know and that's that's the goal man i mean you gotta you're, you have to know personality you have to focus on that or because you know i had the opportunity i'll give you an example i just did this i have one of my best employees is leaving so i had to fill his spot Am I going to find someone exactly like him? Absolutely not. So I had two applicants. I did a podcast on this. It might be worth a listen. It was the last one I did. Um, I, I had two applicants to choose from. One, dude, his skill is amazing. I mean, probably one of the most talented guys. I can't, you know, he's already, he has a job and he's, and he, and he wants a new job. And another guy's unemployed, just moved. Skill is probably about a six out of 10 um, and you know, that's, that's, it is what it is, you know, that's kind of what it is. But when we get down to, to personality, the questions I asked, I'll just give you an example. One question I asked this guy was, Hey man, what is, you know, and actually my supervisor does the interviews now and I have him report back to me the answers. What is, what is a time where you made a mistake? This guy with all the skills said that he never makes mistakes. He does it. <laughs> perfectly. I swear to God, he does it perfectly the first time. That was his response, right? This guy gives us an elaborate story about how he messed up something and he, and he, you know, like just that question alone, I don't need to, I don't need to ask any more questions. This guy's presentable. You know, obviously the basics are taken care of. He went through my process. I liked his answers. He has a decent skill. He's, he, he, he knows how to spray, which is nice, but he's only painted apartments before. So, you know, and then when he asked, you know, working with the team, Oh, I, I love working with the team. You know, this guy said, yeah, he could work with the team, but you could tell that this guy was more concerned about getting paid and going home. Yeah. This guy decided about the opportunity to, to have a job. You know, this guy was leaving his pre his other job for a dollar raise. And Perfect, he said that yeah. he could start immediately. So that to me says there's no loyalty to the company he worked for, for four years. And he's ready to jump ship for one more dollar to me. Yeah. And, and as a business owner, yeah, dude, I want producers, man. I would love to have that guy jump in with my crew, but I already have an alpha and I could tell there's going to be tension there and I don't want to have to go out and resolve tension. So the best move for me, yeah, you know what? The job might take a little longer. I might not have another strong hand there, but you know what? I would rather have peace and know that this guy's going to communicate with my customers and create a better experience and be friendly and, and talk to people rather than a guy who is like a new construction painter who is used to blowing and going. Yeah. You know, That's that was perfect. the, yeah. No, you blew through like half my question. So I appreciate that. Dude, um, I get this. I get this a lot, man. This is a yeah. common thing. And you're making a transition that many people fail to make. And I love it because you're doing it right. You're trying to do it right. 
and I'm, I'm all about that, man. I like that idea. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, no, I appreciate it. I mean, for me, man, it, it's about the reputation and the quality of the work I put out. I had, I have a guy, big ego guy, big alpha guy. Every time I was having him fix stuff, dude, like freshly painted wall that was already peeling. I said, how is this possible? I'm like, Hey, you know, the nicest way possible. Like, man, did you spot prime this? Did you scrape this? Oh, don't worry. The homeowner already walked around. Didn't see it. I'm like, that's not what I asked you, man. Like, yeah. cause he's going to see it eventually. And that's, that, that yeah. to me is just totally out of the question. Like this is yeah. about my reputation and doing a good job doing right by the homeowner. And he just right. wasn't seeing it. Um, so yeah. that's why I realized employees are the, Damn. Yeah, it's cool. Well, you got your subcontractors don't care about you. Yeah. Yeah. They, they care about their own business and that's it. So your concern of whether or not people are milking hours is far less than somebody that is concerned about their own business. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that has their own self-interest in mind. At least the people who are milking your hours represent you, you know, so there's a balance, but what I've learned is the more people you put around, there's more accountability and there's a collective goal to get the job done. Right. Even though they have another job coming tomorrow, you know, and that's your job is to make sure that there's, you know, they don't want to come back, bro. Like, like there's this thing like that I've recognized, you know, with just homeowners in general, like, like they're, they're motivated to get it done. So they don't have to come back for that next day. You know, they don't want to have, I'm back and like it, there's just this this there, there's something about our business which is great it's that uncertainty um and it's that the i would say not uncertainty it's the um it's a human need actually it's variety it's not you know you're you have this this variety factor in this business where there's a new house a new homeowner uh a new experience like it's kind of like you're just going to a new job every day yeah which is great you know and and in new construction you don't get that because it's just the same thing it's cold uh, commercial, you don't get that same thing. It's just empty and cold, but a new homeowner can create a whole new, new different experience for you. You can have a homeowner that has coffee ready and cookies and, you know, all that stuff. And then you have the guy that is like a, you know, a drill sergeant, you know, you know, you know, so it's like, there's a balance for sure. Yeah, man. And, uh, and that's a good thing to keep in mind is that they're not going to want to do right just by me. They're going to want to do right just by themselves. And that's kind of guy that I want to hire too. Um, so I have a few logistic questions that probably pretty simple, but I'm just curious. Like, so when it comes to maintaining equipment and this is going to be like a three part question. I'll start with the first part. Like what kind of tools do you provide? What do you expect them to provide and how do you expect them to maintain it? So, um, if you're going to be, if you're going to be an employer and have an employer employee relationship, uh, you have to provide everything. I mean, that's kind of standard. You're lucky if, you know, I mean, if your guys provide that sort of thing and they have their own tools, great. I encourage my guys to have at least a, a toolbox of just their brush and things like that. But everything. Yeah, like I hand tools. Yeah, dude, sprayers, like, you know, you got, that's your responsibility. That's on us, you know? yeah, yeah. You know, and I think early on, uh, trailer is always a good, a good investment just so you don't have to fork out, you know. I didn't transition to the trucks until last year, so – I had trailers. They're a pain because you have to coordinate who's picking up. But if you get lucky enough to get a project manager that has a truck, so that should be a question of yours yeah. um, right off the bat. Say, okay, great. You're also responsible to tote the trailer around, go buy you a trailer for eight, 900 bucks and load up a trailer, you know, so that, and then have him park it at his house. Like that would be something that you should think about. That was one of my early. questions, actually. Yeah, yeah. I was going to, because I noticed that you have vans and stuff. So you, if you only just got those vans, you were basically having them keep your property in their, you know, 
the trailer is your property, right? And everything inside is your property. Was there a level of trust that you built before you let them keep it at their house or how did that work out? Thing that you should worry about getting stolen is your paint sprayer. There's nothing else of right. like crazy value in there. I mean, and if, you know, if you want to get nuts, you could just put a tracker on it. I mean, they, they sell them everywhere. I mean, there's long guys that, that have this issue and they, they have these little trackers you put on. It's a GPS tracker. So if you have that level of kind of like fear toward it, I mean, you're <laughs> all you need is a six to $800 great code 390, man. Right. I mean, you're not been out you know, 400 gallons a week, you're just doing at the most, you know, 60 gallons, and you're not even spraying it all. So for me, you don't, I mean, you're, you're, you're the loss factor there is so small to not even think about it. I never even think about it. I mean, it's just sprayers. I mean, worst case. But that's fair. Uh, and for me, it's also just maintaining things like the sprayer, you know, making sure it's cleaned effectively after it, you know, and some companies I know provide brushes for their guys. Sometimes they require their guys to have brushes because typically if they own their own brushes, they're going to treat them a lot nicer. Same thing with any piece of equipment, pressure washer, sprayer. Are you, yeah. do you have anything to maintain that or is that just something that you trust them with? It's, it's just like if their sprayers don't work, then that, that sucks because they're going to have a hard time painting the house. Right. So it's like, you know, if, it's, if it becomes a recurring thing, obviously I'm going to step in, but you know, I, I haven't really had to replace much. I mean, I've had to, I had to buy a pump the other day these guys know that their, their equipment is what makes their job easy, you know? Um, and I'm not stupid. I'm not going to, you know, if they're not going to break three sprayers, I have a repair guy that I go to in the event that, you know, it's not priming and we've had to replace valves and things like that. So you got, you're going to have your, your, your go-to for that. Um, you know, but one thing that I'm getting from you is this skepticism in terms, in terms of being able to trust. You're having a lot of doubts in terms of trust. You have to focus on, dude, treat it like dating, man. I'm telling you, it's weird, but it is what it is. You have got to find that applicant that checks all the boxes and you're a smart guy. Write down exactly what you're looking for, bro. You know what not to look for now because you've already been through the trial and error of dealing with these subs, care less about you and all that stuff. So what you're, what you're looking for is that person that you have to sell on the idea of being a manager. And that is a huge upgrade for somebody that's used to being on a crew. So for them, it's more enticing. And, you know, you will have to dangle some fruit, man. I mean, you're in Orlando. There's a lot of competition there. So for me, you need to look at, okay, what is, what is my minimum that I'm willing to pay and how valuable is this position to me? You know, so at the end of the day, if your goal is to be completely independent from the production, then you should be looking at anywhere between, you know, $20, $25 an hour early on to get somebody to take on 100 to 50% of the responsibility. I mean, that's just how it works. I mean, you can't expect, you know, you, you have to have that goal of, okay, this week I need to hire this role. This week I have to hire this role. If you were to buy a franchise, okay, they would say, dude, this is what you need to do. You need to hire a production manager here. This is how you hire a production manager. This is what you're looking for. This is what you're going to pay them. You're going to need a crew leader here. This is what you're going to need to pay them. This is how you find them. This is the qualifications you need. Then you need two helpers. You need this and this and this. Dude, you need two guys that know how to paint and two guys that just are laborers that just want to work, that can learn. Right. You got to look at how much you're willing to pay per hour. So if you, if you say, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm willing to pay $70 an hour plus workers' comp and taxes, that's about 90 bucks an hour. Okay. Factor in an additional 20%. Okay. So you got to divide that amongst your guys, but 
you also have to be smart enough to know that you don't want to give all the, the cake up front, man. You got to make sure there's room for raises, you know, based off of good improvement. So you need to set those parameters early and those parameters are going to be, okay, here, man, I'm going to give you 18 bucks to get started with me. Okay. And what we're going to do is we're going to reassess in three months. Okay. If you stick with me for three months, I will guarantee you $20 an hour. Okay. If you do everything I say and we're flowing, man, and you become the person that I believe that you can become in my company, 20 bucks an hour. And then from there, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see where we're at, you know? That's how you need to approach it because you have to give, you have to give that initial incentive to buy in. And, you know, if you just give 20 off the bat, man, it's kind of just, you know, um, kind of just losing that ability. Away, to kind of, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, about that as you, uh, as you canvas. Gotcha. So um, when it comes to hourly, you, so you, with a team of four guys, you're paying about $90 all in taxes and everything. Uh, I think I'm up to, What's that a hundred? About a hundred. I I put a crew of five together, so about a hundred, hundred right. and out, gotcha. all in. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So eight hundred a day for for yeah for each crew, sixteen hundred for both. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I don't want to rush hiring at all. What What do you think is a reasonable timeline? Like in your own experience, I know it's going to be different for everybody, but you're in the painting business. So how long did it find you? Your first hire, that point man that you got, how long did it take you to find him? Um, he was at, like, you know, it, it, it was just, I had one guy that I started out with. And mm -hmm. he was actually part of a, a, a sub uh, team of two. That's right. And you told me that. probably heard me talk about this. but And yeah. I, I roped him in in terms of, hey, man, I could give you hourly if you want to work alongside me. But I was already mentally prepared to paint. I knew that, like, yeah. I wasn't – like somebody to run a project I was going to do it because but I just needed somebody that could that could learn from me in terms of taking over that role and you know it started with him and me and him would paint side by side I'd leave him on the job once like I would do the spraying just to knock out the spraying and then leave him to cut and like keep the job flowing while I went and did estimates and you know during that week I'm, I'm looking for another person you know I had friends from high school that wanted to work, bro, I, I hired them to come along and help. So, you know, you're looking for somebody that can cut really. I mean, you just want somebody that knows how to cut. I mean, it, it, spraying is something that you can use shields for. I mean, you're really only spraying soffits and maybe the walls like in the doors. I mean, once you like, once you find that person, bro, I mean, you have to just mold them into what you want them to do. The kid that I hired didn't know how to spray. Then he turned out to be the guy spraying the soffits. You know, you just gotta be careful. You know, you spray the soffits, you don't get overspray on the roof, you know, sand down the door, lightly spray it, you know, let it dry, spray it again. I mean, you know, or if you want to brush and roll everything, you can do that too. You know, gotcha. so. yeah. Um, from the perspective of the type of owner that you are now where you're, you're hands off the painting completely and you're hiring a project manager and you're not going to be working alongside them. Um, we, I know you covered this mostly, but if you're incentivizing them, you would just suggest basically saying, Hey, I'm going to hire you at this price, three months probationary period going to be at this price. That's one of the ways that you, you kind of hook them in and get them to follow your vision. What, what else are you doing to mold that person? Let's just say if you're not planning on painting alongside them at all. Um, you know, to be honest, I mean, they're at this point, at this point in my business, they fall into the system. So, you know, it's kind of like, 
it's kind of like a, a new a new server getting hired into a restaurant that's already flowing so they kind of just get thrown in so right. I'm not really concerned too much about incentivizing at this point because it's either they sink or they swim with us. Gotcha. Um, when you get to that point, it's kind of like, you know, I don't, I don't care. Like, it's not that I don't care. It's just that I don't need to incentivize you to stay. I mean, at this point, right. it's either you're, you're going to work alongside us. I'm just talking about, you know, you're in the, you're in the foundational building phase of right. building out a loyal team of painters. Okay. That's it. You have to create the crew. You are the, you are the owner. You're the project manager. You're the team leader. You're the helper. You're the prepper right now in your role as you sitting right there, you are the phone answering guy. You are the marketing guy. You're the sales guy. Do you have so many roles? Your job is to just duplicate yourself in in little areas, you know, and that the, the what we're starting with is that project manager mm -hmm. role that just get as close to you as possible. Because you and I both know if you got hired to paint my house, okay, and none of your guys showed up, you would figure out a way to paint that house. Yeah. I know. And I could tell that you're the type of guy that would pick up a paintbrush and you paint the damn thing. I've done it. <laughs> you'd, yeah. look, you'd, look up, you'd look up videos on YouTube. And if you didn't know something, you'd freaking, you'd figure it out. So, I mean, if you can do it, I mean, you just need somebody that has a little bit more skill than you. And that can talk to people. So when you're, when you're canvassing, my advice to you from this conversation, if you're not doing anything today, run through the hiring course, put together exactly what I lay out for you. The Craigslist ad, the form, the questions, run through that, put out an ad today for 20 bucks on Craigslist, which is well worth it. I've spent probably a hundred bucks on Craigslist and I've got my best employees from Craigslist. Yeah. Um, you know, so. Okay. Um, so that twenty bucks? Yeah, I've been paying thirty-five. <laughs> uh, it's probably because you're in Orlando. Oh God, yeah, it's probably it. Yeah, they they get you there, but in my area it's twenty. But either way, it doesn't matter. It just it filters out, you know, a lot of people, and it gives you the ability to get seen. Right. Um, you're not gonna have, dude. You're you're in a metropolitan city, man. It's gonna be easy for you. It's just a matter of are you gonna be good enough to find that person? You have right. got to. You're not selling just like as a business owner. You're not just selling your customers on your services, you're selling on people to actually like freaking work for you. Like why, why would I work for you? Ryan? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what are you, what are you going to do for me and my family, bro? These people are going to have kids and it's going to be on your shoulders, you know? So you got to get somebody to buy in to the vision. That's, that's how all businesses succeed for sure. Yeah. All right, man. I know we went over time. So, but I, I appreciate it. Um, honestly, this is pretty, really helpful. So I'm going to get cool, cracking man. on it. Hey, I just want to take a second to thank you for joining me here on the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Um, I'm just going to take this opportunity to let you know that my passion is coaching people, helping people. Um, I've changed my Instagram name to at contractor coach. And I did that because that is my passion. I want to help you. So please reach out to me. If you have an issue going on in your business, send me an email, find me on Instagram, message me, and let's do a breakthrough session. I want to work through your problems in your business to help you get to that next level. And, and one thing that I always say is this, you know, the difference between those that get over the humps and the hurdles in business is just a change in perspective. And that's what I plan to offer you. So get with me, message me, allow me to help you take your business to the next level.